Welcome to the CGB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we get you set for the Bombers and Riders with Mr. Bob Irving. Also, Philly and Joe from Power Mornings stop by as we waste our money on gambling. We each pick an NFL game and a CFL game, and hopefully we're better than we usually are. Finally, we learn about a powerlifting event happening in Selkirk this weekend. That's all on the podcast. And we're joined on the line by the one and only Bob Irving. Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, Christian. How are you? I'm doing well. Look, can we, we'll just start with the Hamilton thing for just a second. I was doing some research today. How many division titles do you think Hamilton has since 1990? Division titles. Well, I know the last time they won the Great Cup was 1999, but I couldn't tell you how many division titles they have. Um, since 1990, probably not very many. Two. Okay, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So they're looking for their third uh, if they win today and Montreal loses tomorrow. Uh, that's Hamilton is, you know, if Winnipeg has to think about Hamilton, that's going to be in the Great Cup. So we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But let's talk about the game that's coming up tomorrow night or in Regina. Our hopes being dampened a bit by the way that the Bombers have played the last two weeks. Expectations have, I from what I've talked about with people in the community they've come down i think a bit than from what we were a couple weeks ago you get that feeling too oh yeah i hear it everywhere i go uh, there's no question the the last two games two losses have uh, set the fans back on their heels a little bit and this is the kind of thing you, you i think you see with fans everywhere but more particularly i guess christian in winnipeg where you know, people have been waiting so long for the Bombers to win a Grey Cup again. We all know the number of years, and I almost hate to, to say it. Um, and the way the team got off to that 5-0 and start this year, they just ramped the expectations up so high. And then the way they lost that game in Montreal was just a kick in the stomach for everybody that uh, wants the Bombers so desperately to end that long drought. And, and then performed poorly last week against Hamilton. So those are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, that knock the fans down a notch. Uh, I think what the fans have to hope is that the Bombers haven't had the same sort of, (laughs) you know, reaction that the fans have had to the last two games. And I don't think they have, and we'll find out more about that tomorrow night when they play here in Saskatchewan. Do you get the feeling that it can all go away with a win tomorrow? Well, sure, yeah. All the, if the Bombers, I've been saying this all week, if the Bombers win in Regina tomorrow, and particularly because it's here in Regina, and then go home and beat Montreal, and I think both so, the, both those things are, are feasible, uh, now all of a sudden they're, what, 11-5, and five, mm-hmm. and right in the middle of the battle for first place in the West. So it can turn very quickly. I've seen it many times over the years where, and, and especially in a, football season which is only 18 games long where a team might lose two or three in a row and it seems like the world is falling apart and then they win two or three in a row and again you know almost as unrealistic the view that all is well again with the world so yeah it's uh, right now it's a, a low ebb and a, a tough time for the fans but uh, it could change very quickly this is a question that was asked a lot uh, to members of the bombers and the staff this week are teams figuring out Chris Streveler in this offense? Well, you know, it's not too hard to figure this offense out. Uh, they run the ball. You know, they, they like to run the ball, and Chris Streveler likes to take off and run the ball. Uh, Hamilton did a great job against them last week, and I don't know, Christian, if it was so much Hamilton figure the, figuring them out 
It was a matter of them defending them well. Uh, And so the Bombers have to, you know, they have to play better, they have to execute better, and they probably have to throw the ball a little better than they have. But the things that the Bombers do well, which is run the football with Andrew Harris and Chris Trevler, those aren't going to change. And if those are taken away completely from the Bombers, then I would suggest, you know, they're in trouble. So they're going to have to, I think, reestablish that. But clearly they'll have to attack more through the air if teams are going to take the run away and simply say to them, okay, beat us with the pass. And there will be some of that going on for sure. Uh, and, you know, I think Saskatchewan, their coach Craig Dickinson said today, yeah, we've got to stop the run. That's the first thing we have to do. That, that's, you know, assignment number one for us. And that means shut down Harris and Chris Treveller. And I would suggest that's easier said than done. If the Bombers play the way they can play and run some of their misdirections and different things and get the blocking from their old line that they're capable of, they will be able to run the football and then mix in the pass. And I think their offense can be effective. But certainly, I can't remember the last time there was a team that relied so heavily on the run as this Bomber team does. And that poses a challenge for them if other teams load up to take it away. Now, assignment number one, for the defense isn't so much stopping the run. It's the secondary. We've kind of talked about that a lot this week as well with the return of Brandon Alexander. He's listed as the starting safety his first start there since college. How does that change the dynamic of this defense? Well, I think it makes the defense tougher back there because Alexander's a hitter. He's a very physical, aggressive player. And that's one of the things Mike O'Shea is looking for in this game tomorrow night is more aggressive play on both sides of the ball. So the return of Brandon Alexander from injury, I think, is a plus. I guess the one, and he'll uh, he'll be a great communicator back there. He'll line people up properly, so there shouldn't be the communication breakdowns we've heard about in the last couple of games. I guess tempering that somewhat is that Nick Taylor is going to make his debut in the secondary. Now he's a veteran player. He's 31 years old. He's played for Ottawa and Edmonton the last three years, started 31 games. So he knows his way around the CFL. He's not a rookie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's his first start in the Bomber secondary. And you wonder, you know, how up to speed he is on the way they do things, although he's been around uh, for a number of weeks now. And, you know, I would think he can step in there with his experience and do a reasonable job. So, yeah, I, I think the the play in the secondary will be better simply because Brandon Alexander is back there now and, and he'll direct traffic well. Just from a logistics point of view, how does the play calling work with Richie Hall not there? Well, that's a very good question, and Mike O'Shea is keeping that one really under wraps. He's uh, He wouldn't give any information on that today. I know... The guy who will be in the spotter's box is James Stanley. He's one of their assistant coaches. Uh, I believe Jordan Younger and Glenn Young, the defensive backs and linebackers and defensive line coach, will still be down on the sidelines. And I, I think what we'll see is sort of a combination of of play calling. Uh, Glenn Young lines up the, the, line, the defensive line and the linebackers. And then Jordan Younger will probably have a lot to do with uh, – how the defensive backfield lines up and you know they'll just uh, try to make it work that way okay so what are you expecting in terms of a scoring output because last time these two teams played in Saskatchewan it was a low scoring grinder you know I kind of expect the same thing Uh, it's supposed to be very windy here tomorrow and who knows the weather could change and maybe it's not so windy and in that bowl I'm not sure that the wind has 
as much effect as it would elsewhere. Craig Dickinson made mention of it today. He thought the wind might play a role in the game. I think the defenses on both teams are very strong. Uh, I don't expect a high-scoring game. I know the Bombers put up 35 in the game in Winnipeg, but you know they had that home field advantage, and uh, they were also... You know, I think a little more motivated because they lost the week before here in Regina. So the game in Regina on Labor Day weekend was 1917. I would expect a similar type of game where, you know, it's a, it's a real grinding sort of game. And uh, the team that makes one or two more plays is going to come away with a win. And, and the team that wins this game, Christian, as you well know, gets the season series and really an upper hand on a home playoff game. The loser here is going to have a tough time getting a home playoff game. Especially Winnipeg, they've already got the extra loss in the loss column. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're they're both Saskatchewan and Calgary have a game in hand. They're nine and four. The Bombers nine and five. So yeah, if the Bombers want to have a home playoff game, not an absolute that they have to win tomorrow. But if they don't, boy, then the odds are really stacked against them. Absolutely. All right, Bob. Appreciate your time as always. We'll be tuning in four o'clock tomorrow for the pregame show. Okay, Christian. Thanks. We're back. The full gang is here. Philly, you feeling better this week? Feeling better. Sorry about missing last week. A little under the weather. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, uh, Joe and I got our NFL picks right, but then we gave you uh, Vikings over Bears, which was a colossal mistake. Yeah. Oh, man. And you're a Viking fan, eh, Christian? Well, it was Joe's idea. Give you the toughest game of the week. Why should we take the heat? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't here to back himself up. That's like right. Kirk Cousins. As a, problem. Vi- as a Viking fan, oh. that's a problem, hey? Yeah, that's an $84 million problem. <laughs> oh. Not great, not great. So let's move on to this week. We'll start with the CFL as we always do. We got a triple header tomorrow, 3, 6, 9 p.m. Yeah. So you could just sit on your couch all day and watch CFL and baseball and it's and NHL. But oh, that's, some hockey. that's what Phil and I were trying to figure out. Why would the Canadian Football League go triple on the opening Saturday of the National Hockey League season? So you're season? thinking they should have two games tonight, two games tomorrow? I'm thinking anything other than going up against Hockey Night in Canada. Now, the CFL would counter with our ratings are just fine, and I would counter with why risk losing even one viewer to a hockey game? That's like, like sure. There's enough time slots throughout a weekend to not go up against Hockey Night in Canada, but that's just the way I see it. Okay. That's fair. I and agree. That, I mean, the the first game at 3 p.m. is in Montreal, so they're not, they're not going up against the Habs game. Yeah. Right. And the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game, I mean, those... That doesn't matter either, but okay. BC Lions at 9 o'clock against Toronto, so that's the Canucks. So, mm. But, I mean, the Lions, they don't really care at this point. I guess. But let's just start. Joe, you, I'm assuming you want the Bombers at the Rough Riders, or uh, do you uh, think Saskatchewan is going to cover the five-point spread at home? No, I believe the Bombers. I believe in them. I know they've lost two in a row, but I think Saskatchewan at f- Favored by five, I think the Bombers are going to cover that. I actually think they're going to win this game. You think they're going to win and cover? Yes, not and just cover. Saskatchewan by a field yep. goal. Yeah, I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Bombers cover the spread and actually win the football game. Did the, the, did the Bombers ever need some good news? They, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it's the fan base, the team, they need, a, they need to show something in Regina. I think if, they, if this year is going to be a Grey Cup team, they win tomorrow. Hmm. That's uh, well said. Because if they don't, that means they pretty much have no shot of hosting a playoff game. I believe. Yeah. I'm not about small victories, but I think if they come out of this game, and I feel wrong even saying Mm. this, but I know, but let's just say they lose. (sighs) 
37-34 and a last second field goal and you can take the bus home and say, you know what, they played a hell of a game. As long as they play better than they have the last couple, in the second half of that Montreal game. Running out of runway though. I like know. Three games left after I know, one. but I got to see something better than Who I have. Who gets Calgary, so. Yeah, I think they win. Okay, okay. all right. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders in Montreal. The Stamps favored by three points. That's a good game. I like the Alouettes a lot. Brent Adams is back. He's a heck of a quarterback. Montreal's got something good going on there. Look at the CFL this year. Hamilton's really good. Montreal's really good. You know, a lot of parody this yeah. year. It's good. So the East is the East is yeah. better. Yeah. At the top, obviously. The bottom still sucks. But so I got the Alouettes. I'm buying what they're selling. All right. And then I've got oh you guys have left me with BC at home minus nine Ooh. against the Toronto Argonauts. Oh, nice. Nice game to pick. Oh god. So people are on board with the the Lions kind of turning it around. A little bit, but also the Argos last week looked horrible at home against the the Rough Riders. They James Franklin did not look like a, a CFL quarterback. Right. Nine is a lot for a BC team that hasn't done a whole lot, but I can't justify picking the Argos on the road. So just because I've been saddled with this one, I'll just take <laughs> Lions minus nine and hope Mike <laughs> Riley has a good game. Okay. It's, it's your show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not real money, right? So, all right. Let's go to the NFL where this week is week five. There's a lot of three-point spreads this week. Yep. And I'm having problems finding a game. Jody, you got one? Are you going to go with your Steelers again? Nope. Not okay. touching the Steelers okay. game. They're at home to Baltimore. Baltimore should win that game. They're, what, three, three-and-a-half-point favorites? Half right yeah. Yeah. Um, Chicago, five and a half point favorites in Oakland. That's a, in London, actually. They're playing in London. That's so London basically game. the home team thing doesn't matter. Right. I think Oakland covers. They played pretty good last week and they won. I'm going to take Oakland to continue that run under John Gruden. And I think they upset the Chicago Bears in Ooh. the UK. So you think they're going to, you've got them to cover and just win? Yep. Okay. Boy, I mean,. Chicago doesn't have Mr. Trubisky, which doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. Nope. But on money line, I'm going to go straight okay, up and okay. take Oakland too. I mean, Khalil Mack against his former team. I feel like I he's like going to sack. I yeah, like that. Uh, Chase Daniel, or not Chase Daniel, like Derek Carr. He's got something to prove. <laughs> but the, but Oakland has something to prove too. They've been hearing about this Mack trade for how long now? And and you know yeah. they might have some bite to them as well. And I like that pick. Okay. Okay, my San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if you know this, you guys, but they're three and zero. Why the hell do they have a bye week in week four? Doesn't matter. That's they're too early. Because they're undefeated. That's okay. all that all you right. guys need to know is my Niners are undefeated. Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? They got Cleveland on Monday Night Football at home. The 49ers are four-point favorites. I believe San Francisco is going to win this game to stay undefeated, but I think it'll be a field goal game or a one-point, two-point game kind of thing. So Cleveland Billy's covers. Hedging. Cleveland covers, but San Francisco wins. Sound right? Well, let's hope for an actual good Monday nighter because they've been poo. I yeah. think it'll be good. These are two teams headed in the right direction. Yeah, the thing with Cleveland, they're, they're, I just don't, I just don't know. I've seen signs of a better Cleveland Looked team. Looked a lot better last week against yes, Baltimore. They did, and the week before, not so good. Yeah, that's true. But it, it could be an interesting Monday nighter. These two are future, uh, you know, good teams. playoff teams. Yeah. yeah, that's true. One thing I'll say quickly is Kyle Shanahan coming off the bye week. He's a you know mad genius at offense. He's going to have some things planned. Uh, I, I agree. I like teams off the bye week. Okay, fair enough. All right, and I've got a divisional matchup. The Saints are at home, favored by three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are getting a little too much love. <laughs> 
after hanging 55 on the Rams. I think that was a bit of a, a fluke. F- a 55 burger. Which is <laughs> insane. I and I think the Saints defense is legitimately one of the like top three in the league this year. I, I am so impressed with the Saints. They lose Breeze. It would have been easy just to pout for a while. Mm-hmm. They go back-to-back weeks, beat Dallas and Seattle. After no one Greece. wins in Seattle in September. Literally, yeah. that was the first time Pete Carroll yeah. lost at home in September since he took over as coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, and Teddy Bridgewater, as a former Vikings quarterback, I've seen him play before, and he's he is a decent player. Yeah, but he's not going to lose you the game. He, mm-hmm. they've got an amazing running back. They've got amazing receivers. And a really good defense. And Great I think coach. Tampa Bay and Tampa, Bruce Arians is a good coach, too, for Tampa Bay. I but, agree. But I think what they're going to do this year, Tampa Bay, is ride the roller coaster. They're going to have games like last week where they hang 55. But James Winston's going to go into New Orleans, throw three interceptions. Yeah, I could see that. And I, it could be a close game. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. But I trust the Saints to win that game. It's in New Orleans, and that's why I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I think it'll be a tight game, too. I love Bruce Arians. I think uh, yeah, he's him cool. coming back has done good things for Tampa. All right, there we go. Our picks are in. Lock it in, boys. We'll be back next week. We head to Selkirk now, where tomorrow people will be lifting extremely heavy things. Tom Pahal is the meet director of the Shake the Interlake powerlifting competition and joins me now. Tom, tell me more about your event. So it's essentially just a competition to for anybody to get come in and go for the best squat bench and deadlift that they can and they get graded on their total of all three lifts and uh that's essentially it so how strong are you how strong am i (laughs) well not strong enough (laughs) always trying to get better but um honestly everyone's strength it's uh it's pretty incredible because uh it ranges the competition from people that are in their teens to well over 60 years old so it's pretty remarkable so what is the power lifting, I guess, community like, not just in Manitoba, but in a place like Selkirk? Uh, in Selkirk, it's uh, it's pretty fresh. Uh, it's slowly starting to grow. Um, it's kind of the news to just kind of break about it. Within Manitoba, it's uh, been growing for a few years now, but it's a, it's a great community. It's Everyone's very supportive and, you know, motivating. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's very welcoming and it's awesome. How long have you been part of this community? Uh, I've been involved just coming up on two years now. Okay. What got you started? Um, Just I wanted to, you know, try a new sport. I was kind of looking around at different options, and I've always enjoyed strength training and challenging myself and seeing what my body is essentially capable of. And uh, just through mutual friends within the community i got involved and just decided to take the plunge now you said a new sport do you have a background in other sports then uh not really a solid background i've always just dabbled around growing up i lived uh way in the country out on a farm so i didn't have too much access to a lot of big team sports so that's maybe what kind of drove me towards something that you can kind of do individually on your own okay what is the appeal of powerlifting uh, I think the big appeal is it's something that it's essentially you're always, it's just you versus you. It's uh, pushing just to be the, the best version of yourself. And you're always going out and just trying to beat your own personal best and uh, just working to be the best that you can be. And it's, you know, it's uh, great for your physical health as well as mental health. Cause it's, you know, it's very empowering for, you know, men and women to, you know, realize the, great feats of strength that their bodies are really capable of and just kind of doing that performance and then just the 
crazy amounts of support by everyone else in the community it really pushes and drives you and it feels amazing I imagine when some people hear the word powerlifting, they think of the Olympics, they think of these enormous humans that are uh, lifting ridiculous quantities of weight that would, you know, crush a regular person. But when we're talking about this, I mean, and you mentioned people in their 60s, it's really whatever's comfortable for the individual, right? Exactly. Yeah, everyone has their starting point and, you know, what's heavy to some person may not be for another uh, so essentially the weight on the bar usually is irrelevant. It's just what that person's physically capable of and where they're pushing themselves to be. So it's a judgment-free zone. Yes, oh, 100%. Good. What's the highest amount of weight we're going to see pushed at this event this weekend? At this event, uh, I could, I would guess uh, some people will probably squat somewhere, you know, over 600 pounds. Oh. There should be uh, some bench presses over 400 pounds, and deadlifts can range from over 600 to last year at the competition we had, someone was doing over 700 pounds, so it could be could be pretty high. <laughs> is this kind of like a one-off tournament, or is this kind of a qualifier for a bigger tournament down the road? Yeah, so this is essentially a, a stepping stone. It's just it's seen as like a local meet where anybody, whether you're experienced or not, you can come and compete in this meet there's no previous requirement but it's also being used as a stepping stone because winnipeg will be hosting uh the canadian powerlifting union national competition uh this coming march so a lot of people are using it to try and because there's a certain total per weight class you have to achieve at a meet so a lot of people are using this to try and qualify for nationals so they can compete in winnipeg coming up all right, so 10 a.m. tomorrow in Selkirk. If this is, you know, it's probably too late for people to enter into this. Yeah, registration has been closed for a couple of weeks, but um, spectators are encouraged. It's a free event, and the best to get exposed is to come and watch it happen. And I imagine it's a little bit easier to push for more when people are cheering you on. Yeah, when there's a crowd, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> All right, Tom, I appreciate your time tonight, and uh, have fun at the meet tomorrow. Thank you so much. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?